Hello and welcome to the Alexandra Wenman Show. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. She is an expert on angels, dreams, the afterlife. What topic hasn't she covered? Teresa Chung, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm really blessed and honoured to be here on your wonderful channel. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute honour to have you here. I just wanted to dive straight into it because a lot of people know about you and your work and obviously... You, uh, you write for magazines, you've written so many books uh, on all sorts of topics to do with angels and the afterlife and dreams and rituals. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you straight off about your, your new book that you have coming out because it sounds so fascinating. It's The Premonition Code, am I right? Uh, yeah, a radical departure for me. It's just that two, two years ago, I did dip my toe in social media. And of course, it, it was lovely. A lot of people came on there full of praise and you, you got the converted. But of course, I opened myself up to the skeptics big time. When you go on social media as a, I believe in angels and heaven and all that. If you're going to go on social media, um, you get it. <laughs> and I got hit by these trolls and these people saying, and they had two main criticisms. Um, first of all, you're not a practitioner, which I'm not. I write about heaven, but I wouldn't say I'm actually psychic. So I teamed up with a medium to write a book, and I, so I, I did that, someone I, I believed in. The second main criticism is, where is the science? There is no science to what you're talking about. It's, it's all in your head. You're really mad. You know, all these horrible stuff. So I went on a search for the science. Now, 10 years ago, HarperCollins asked me to write some encyclopedias about the psychic world, which have done really well. At the time, I didn't really look into the science because there wasn't that much out there. I mean, credible scientists, when you talk about paranormal life after death, they just roll their eyes and think this is insane. But what I found 10 years on, how dramatically that has changed. Of course, yeah. we have people like even Alexander, Dr. Even Alexander, Dr. Samparnia researching near-death experiences. That's very much in the news and it's made newspaper headlines. That, and you, you have know, Bruce Lipton as well and all the quantum physics. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to find there's scientists who are actually studying the stories in my book because I get so many letters sent to me for people who've had paranormal experiences, dreams that come true or um, intuitive hunches that played out or seeing the afterlife. And I found a place called the Institute of Noetic Sciences in the States, which was founded in the 70s. And there was a seven strong team of scientists there led by Dr. Dean Radin, um, who I could not believe it. These were highly qualified neuroscientists, respected scientists, published in scientific journals, like the American Psychological Association and real proper journals, actually studying what I'd written about all my life. And when I got in touch with them, I could not believe it because um, they were saying to me, well, we're getting all this, these stories and we're studying them scientifically. And the overwhelming evidence we're getting is there's something there. We don't know what. We're scientists. We're not believers or non-believers. It doesn't matter. We're scientists. We look at this objectively. But we're studying people who have these experiences and there's something there. And they're publishing this. And I thought the world's got to know about this. So I opened up my page to them. I put them on my page for a week. And the, the reaction online was incredible because every day of the week I had Dean on there. I had Dr. Arnold Delorme, who is, is amazing. He's one of the top 100 scientists in the world or something like that, talking about their research in a very scientific way. Look, we've studied somebody with prompt pre premonitions or we've studied somebody who believes in life after death. and and and, and this is what the science is saying. So I thought, 
the reaction, honestly, I, I put a post up saying, do you want to hear about the science of the paranormal? I got 17,000 likes. It was ridiculous because up until then I'd been doing posts with like four likes, you know, <laughs> and suddenly it was just like, I brought in some, and I thought there has to be something there. So I continued my report with the Institute of Noetic Science. They gave me a landing page for my readers to go there and be educated about the science. And I got on very well with a lady there called Dr. Julia Mossbridge, who her specialism is premonitions and precognition. Wow. And she's called, she's a time lady. She studies the possibility of seeing the future right now. And I thought, Premonition code just flashed into my mind. Everybody said it sounds like a movie. <laughs> it's like a minority Report, isn't it? The Tom Cruise one. <laughs> then I, then I, yeah, exactly. Precogs. Yeah. SPCs, because Julius believes that we can all be precogs if we train it and test it scientifically. So it led to a book. And now the book has kind of taken on life as its own because it's kind of beyond me now because the scientists have really taken it over. www.thepremonitioncode.com launched yesterday. Um, where you can actually go and into a training portal free of charge and become part of a scientific experiment into the reality of precognition. And Julia has on there all physicists, futurists, you know, really incredible scientists. You, you, you do have to really listen carefully because it, it's, it's very high powered talking about it and, and, and trying to show that there is science to what we talk and write about and believe in. So can and you it's give not all a, a little um, a little example of the kinds of uh, things that they've discovered, or do we have to wait for the book to come out? Oh, it's all in the book. I mean, incredible stories of people. What they're trying to do is is to look at people who have precognitive abilities or are able to predict the stock market, even or disasters that happen, or have had a premonition that saved their life. They are studying these people, and that's what this website and this book is trying to do. If you have had these experiences, and it's more common than you think. I mean, I'm sure you, we've all had it. We've all had a hunch. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I work in it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Report it here and let's work with you scientifically. Because yeah. the aim is to have scientifically validated precogs. Because there is a lot of fraud in our industry. And that has depressed me, actually, over the years. And sometimes I've even seriously wanted to step away. Because I've been around. And I would say the great majority of people are loving and full of good intentions. But there's also a lot. There's no regulation. Yeah. You can, anyone can stand up and say, I'm a medium, and, and that's fine. But I think mediums should be scientifically validated as well. I believe in scientifically validated mediums wow. working alongside grief counsellors. And I've also worked with the Winbridge Institute, Dr. Judy Beischel, who is studying mediums scientifically and coming up with amazing results. That was my book, Answers from Heaven. Yeah. Where we talk about testing it properly. Um, and now I'm bringing it into psychic abilities. Let's have some scientific testing and see, see where that takes us. And it may take us nowhere, I don't know, but if we can identify a group of, select group of people who repeatedly through scientific testing are coming up with results higher than average, yeah. these people need to be studied and we can all learn from them. That's what we're doing. So it is, it is very futuristic. I mean, Dr. Julia Mossbridge talks about a Google map of the future. She's that ambitious. She wants to create, <laughs> you know, that these precogs are all working to create a kind of a vision of how the world could be. Wow. Um, so it is, people would say it's slightly nutty, but what I'm doing is I'm, I can no longer have the trolls coming to me and saying, where's the science? Because no, I can, Well, it's really yeah. work actually, isn't it? Because it, 
we, uh, what we know, obviously, from a, a metaphysical standpoint, is that we know that when a group of people come together with a collective vision, it, it gives it more power, right? But to be able to scientifically back that up would just be mind-blowing for so many people. I think but it's happening. The Windbridge Institute for Mediumship, they are, they're, they're, their studies now are really waking up the academic community because Dr. Julie Byshaw, she's um, was worked in the pharmaceutical industry and she had this idea, I'm testing drugs, why not let's test mediums in the same clinical way? And she didn't test celebrity mediums or something. She just tested mediums who are quietly working in spiritualist churches, not for money or because it was their vocation. That is the people she tests. And I do urge anybody also to look at the windbridgeinstitute.org to see their research into mediumship. It, um, it made it into the New York Times. Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop even published stuff about it. it it's, it's starting to happen that scientists are now moving in. Because if you think about it, in any other area of life, this many anecdotal stories, because that's been the mainstay of my books, I collect anecdotal stories of people who believe heaven's touched them or they've seen heaven or they've seen something extraordinary that they, you know, beyond their material senses. I mean, any other walk of life, that would be data. Yeah. It's a witness testimony and it's data and it should be studied. And that's how the basis of the near-death experience research with Dr. Sam Parnia, he doesn't actually believe in life after death, but he's a resuscitation expert. And he kept saying that people kept coming back with these stories, with the remarkable similarities. This needs studying. He still doesn't believe in life after death, but he thinks something's going on. And he's kind of proved that consciousness can survive physical death by at least three minutes and more, more studies are being done. And you've got to remember that 50 or so years ago, people would have died taking these stories with them. We're, we're hearing more about near death now because of resuscitation techniques advancing so dramatically. Absolutely. Um, um, are you familiar with Raymond Moody as well? Dr. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I've met her. Um, and when you meet, uh, I, I, I met even Alexander. And when you meet these people, they've been touched by something. Mm. Um, and, and, and Sam Parnier thinks, let's study these people. So he's doing the same in a way that I'm trying to do with the Prem Code and, and Dr. Judy Baisha was trying to do with mediumships. Um, let's study it and stop saying, as a scientist have in the past, it's woo, it's rubbish. And I know why scientists don't like studying it, because if it's true, everything that we've been taught to believe is thrown out and... Yeah. Well, I think we're bridging, we're now bridging the world of spirituality and science and there's so much more of it out there and more proof and more evidence. I think it's amazing that you're doing this book and it's, it's like it's got wings of, it's like you've, you've probably got a whole team of like otherworldly, multidimensional I, don't, well, I, don't, I just think it's funny that somebody who writes about, my, one of my first books was an angel called my name, is now working with, with these neuroscientists. Yes. <laughs> And I think they kind of view me with a bit of humor because, you know, I, I, I'm honest, I collect stories and I talk from a personal anecdotal point of view. That's what I bring. But they are looking at it from a totally different angle. And I think trying to unite the two. I think is <laughs> like you said, witness testimony. So it's, as part of your research, are you also looking into like past lives and future lives and like the I haven't done reincarnation actually. I'm, increasingly, people are asking about reincarnation. It's not something I, I, I obviously I'm aware of it and I have briefly mentioned it, but it's not something that I've investigated in depth. But maybe you've given me an idea now. That's be the be the next thing. So I, I think I I think there's every reason to believe in reincarnation. 
um, you know, and there's plenty of witness statements about that, which again, the odds of what, what happened to them and what they recount, it's almost impossible to explain in any other way. You know, people say hallucinations, but in all my books, I do this with near death experiences. There are hallucinations are so radically different from near death experiences. Like, I, I've been, I've had uh, a lot of experience of past life memory for a start. I have spontaneous past life memory where an emotion gets triggered. Oh, what were you? What were you? What, what, what? Oh gosh, there's been so many. I do a lot of uh, work with women. I have my own women's circles and goddess circles and a lot of womb work. And when I embarked on the womb healing work, all these, I have never been abused in this life, um, but in a lot of previous lifetimes, there was a lot of sexual abuse and, and trauma oh, okay. that happened. And I kind of embarked on this path of womb healing and the emotions that came up was a lot of shadow, what we call shadow work, the emotions that came up would trigger these really, uh, I can't even call it a, a visual memory. I'm very visual, but it was a, an embodied memory. It was like I could feel everything that was going on. I've done a lot of regression work with uh, a friend of mine as well, Lorraine Flaherty, who's a past life regressionist, but I tend to be able to see past lives. So in my sessions with people, I can kind of go in and help them in whether it's a past life or a, whether it's a, a, another dimension, another reality, it's like I see through the multi-dimensional reality. And I love the science of it because it, obviously now the quantum field and everything is starting to link that up. But it's like I, I started to have like an emotion would get triggered and I would feel the emotion almost moving up through my body and then I was in it and I could see it. Um, there was one where I was, it was around the time Prediction Magazine collapsed and I don't know if you know this, but I actually got cyberbullied online and it was through a, another magazine's online forum and it was like this angry mob coming at me and then no, the, memory, <laughs> the memory was like I was a woman in uh, the Middle East and I was being stoned to death and the past life was the guy that had actually run the magazine into the ground was the guy that sentenced me to death in that previous lifetime and I was about to be killed for getting pregnant out of wedlock and this angry mob were all there throwing stones at me and the same thing was playing out in this life. I had this angry mob going, you destroyed the magazine and putting the blame all on me. So it was a really, really interesting time. I was like simultaneously remembering what had happened. I remembered my name. My name was Amina in that lifetime. And like I had all the, it was like I was bound up in these, uh, almost like bandages. It was like a white gauze thing they'd wrapped me in. So I only had my eyes visible, but I was like completely wrapped and stuck in the middle on my knees in this circle of like angry mob. It was incredible. And you can kind of recognize the souls of other people in your life as playing different roles in the past lives. And that's just one, like I've had loads of them happen for me, but also for my clients. So I, I'm so interested in this because I actually don't believe this is where the NDE is really interesting because I don't believe we have to reincarnate. I believe we're already divinely perfect, but somehow with our limited consciousness, we somehow have created this false ceiling or this false reality where we keep coming back, trying to perfect ourselves. Uh, but we're already divinely perfect. So why do we need to do that? So it's almost like I believe that we can go to a, a higher level that the astral plane is just one dimension above us, but there's infinite dimensions beyond that. There's angelic realms and there's galactic realms and there's all these different beautiful light dimensions. And when I go there, it's really embodied. It's very physical. It's like I have actually kind of gone somewhere. And when I have experiences with angels and light beings, they're very real. They're very tangible. It's like, but it's, 
it's almost not separate from me. Like I've had angels step into my body and merge with me and I've had uh, galactic beings do the same. Wow. I teach channeling and then when that happens, it's like an interface, a light being will come in and merge and then you will, you'll feel their energy in your field and they work through you to give the healing. But on some level, some of these light beings are actually us in a higher dimension. So it's like your higher self stepping in. It's really bonkers, but it's so clear and vivid when it happens and tangible. And that's the thing. I feel it's like my, my sensitivity's got to such a level. So I, I'm interested in the, the science behind that because I don't have scientific language to, yeah. I guess, to describe what's happening there. But if somebody could, like, you know, there's another being. I, the way I see it is it's like they, they vibrate at a, at a higher, faster rate than us. So we can't physically yes. see them. So in terms of like, I guess, energy, they're just a faster moving energy. So it's a different frequency than we're on. But because it's light and we have a light body, we can interface, we can merge and then beautiful messages come through. But with channeling, it's never just a message. It's the energy of it too. You feel the vibration, the whole room will shift. So I find it all really magical. I think that, um, I do a lot of work with sacred geometry too now, and this is where I think there's a real key point in the science, um, spiritual, like there's a big link here to do with energy and free energy and harnessing free energy, like the Great Pyramid, perhaps being a big generator is part of this. Anyway, I'm talking about me. I want to come back to you. It's fascinating. And as I said, this needs to be studied. Too many people are coming talking about in the way that you're talking it yeah. needs to be taken seriously yeah. at last and what all, all i'm just playing a small part in science showing the world that science is finally seeing the light in a way and thinking this needs to be taken seriously because you're not a highly credible lady you know yeah. and you're not mad or you know how they try to depict <laughs> people at all no. um and you need to be taken seriously yeah because well, a lot of people will write to me it. i've had barristers you know prison wardens scientists doctors writing to me with these out of the world experiences saying i i didn't ask for this but it happened i'm i haven't told anyone yeah. but i'll tell you because i know you kind of write about this yeah this and i did a feature fun. actually last year for the daily mail about this you know intelligent women who believe in life after death it got an amazing reaction because we I led. I saw it. I remember seeing it. Yeah. yeah. It got an amazing reaction. Of course, all the haters, but it was shared like 2,000 times. It was one of the most, and it was the day I think Meghan Markle got her engagement ring. It got more interaction. Than that, yeah. Well. Because I was trying to show it's not just, because the thing is, oh, you're gullible. You're deluded. You've got a screw loose. You know, it's all in your head. You're deeply unhappy. What I wanted to show is these women had super careers, often they were very happily married in relationships. Yeah. There was no reason for them to have this belief or experience, right? Because I, I'm sick and tired of all the old argument, and that's what I'm constantly trying to do now. And my work with, I don't know how people are going to take the premonition code. It, it, you know, it, it is quite something. I'm so <laughs> excited about this book. I can't wait to read this book. I think... <laughs> this is just so cool. you need three degrees in physics i mean it is very yeah. I mean, it was very interesting co-authoring with a neuroscientist you know this this lady she wrote transcendent mind which was published by the american psychological association and that created a stir last year when it was published it was the first time the american psychological association had published a serious academic study of transcendent experiences and she was the pioneer 
um, incredible that she she's able to do that that the American Psychological Association and it got so much criticism because wow. she was talking about out-of-body experiences and, and supernormal states and the research she'd done into it to verify it and that book Transcendent Mind it's about 150 pounds because it's an academic study you can't buy it and I thought that needs to be made more accessible yeah. and, and known because all this research into transcendent states is hidden at the moment yeah, in academic it's, journals. It's got to break through people's fears about it and our conditioning. I think, you know, it's one thing to do a study on something like you do a study on say a cure for an illness and people are like, Oh, cool. You do a study on something like this and people are like, Oh, as if you're going to, exactly. We study, it's not, we need to study it because if only it was a handful of people who experienced it, it's not, I know from my mailbag when people used to write letters, I would get a huge mailbag when I did my first an angel called my name. Yeah. The amount of people who wrote to me that they believed they'd seen angels or they'd been touched by angels or an incredible coincidence happened that they blew their mind away or a dream they had saved their life the next day. Story after story after story needs to be studied. I think 100%, 100% opening people's minds. Do you know what? You're, you are, I'm so pleased I've got you on here because you are just the epitome of the, 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 the person I need to have on this show. My whole thing, the whole blurb about the Alexandra Winman show is normalizing the conversation about yeah. experiences. I have my MSM, <laughs> mainstream, MSM. Let's mainstream it. Let's mainstream make it. Mainstream it. I know because we're not alone and that every single day, you know, in the work I do, I get to bear witness. And I'm sure you, with all your letters and the people that you're interacting with, we get to bear witness both for ourselves and in the people we work with now of these incredible experiences. And now it's like the people that, you know, are skeptical, bless them with love. There's too many of us now and we're not in us and we're not in institutions. We're not being locked up and, you know, <laughs> we're crazy. We're actually holding down. Well, I used to hold down a normal career in magazine. Now I'm actually out here walking this and doing it as my career. But I just think there's so much more to us. I think we're a little bit naive if we think that we're so limited. Why do we keep ourselves so small? Yeah, why? What's wrong with it? You know, let's just... Give these, these these stories the the ability to be studied and discussed. Well, they're happening for a reason in our lives, and when they happen, let's not be afraid of them. Let's not push them away. Let's not think it's our imagination. It's not what is real and what isn't is so well. I've, I've debatable. <laughs> imagination is actually the key to this. I actually teach people how to reopen their imagination because your imagination is the doorway into these experiences and yes this, these other realities that exist around us all the time and they're not up there or down there they're here it's like a it's just a different frequency and your imagination is what gets you through the door to have those experiences if you're if you let you know your logical mind come in and go oh you just imagined it then you immediately you just say to the universe oh i don't want to know but if you go oh well it might just be made up and i might just be imagining it but what if i could imagine that an angel was standing in front of me and then you allow them it's like you open that interface and you allow them to appear because you're opening a door and that's as simple as it gets when you tell a little child oh it's just your imagination that's where our conditioning starts so yeah why are we so frightened of it why are we so frightened of it let's 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 give it more 
let's just study it. I'm, I mean, I always keep an open mind and I always say I could be wrong. Maybe it is all a load of baloney. I don't, I, I never am this person to say I know all the answers. And that's what annoys me about skeptics. They say, I know. How do you know? You know, it's about... Nobody can know for sure. One of us is right, one of us is wrong. Okay? It's so I choose my path, you choose yours, and we'll find out when we pass across to the other side. But I've had enough stories from people now who've been to the other side and come back. Well, you we grew up around it, didn't you? So you, yeah. you grew up in a family of psychics, didn't you? Can you tell us a little bit about... Because I guess to you, this was normal from a very... Yeah, but it was normal, but very, very hard in that everybody seemed to have abilities except me. I mean, I'm brutally honest in my books about it, how frustrating it is when you, you want to believe you're brought up in a family like that and you see extraordinary things that other people are doing or sensing and yet you've got a square head. Um, and um, it wasn't until my early 30s that I actually had what I believe may, and I say may, could have been just coincidence, but what is coincidence? Any, say have saved my life when I had a, had a, had a voice came into my head telling me to take um, a, a turning um, to the right when I was wanting to turn left because that would have got me to an appointment in time. And I heard this voice and I just obeyed it. Yeah. And I do believe that that actually could have saved my life. It may not, it may be all wishful thinking and imagination, I don't know, but I, that was the beginning of opening a doorway of extraordinary things happening or, or flashes of intuition leading me to the right mm. place. And, and from that, you know, I, I have been very lucky because, you know, you think where I've come from, I came from a family of, spiritualist very poor whatever and somehow I was able to tumble through Cambridge and then tumble through life and end up with two Sunday Times top 10 when I'm no media personality I've never done anything like that natural, honey. Some, some things been yeah. prepared for that yeah. um, and uh, and it's for a reason and I think it, the reason is is to get this message out there that you know there is more to this life than meets the eye I don't know what it is but what we see right here right now the material is not just it and that's it with you know there's more and if you've ever sat with someone who's passed over to the other side you will see that their spirit their essence goes and what's left their body is like an old coat yeah yeah it's but that spark where's it gone what yeah. puts it what sparks it in the first place that i believe has gone somewhere yeah. And I believe that's what's eternal. And when you've loved and lost someone, that's what you connect to again. Anyone who's lost someone will know that their loved one is still alive somewhere in their heart or their mind or around them. They don't go unless you deliberately shut them out. And I, I, I think that's a terrible way to grieve. I believe in continuing that spiritual connection with people you've loved and lost. Um, you can just think of them. Like I can think of my mother now or people I've lost and they're, they're, they're here. Yeah. They are, they are a, See, a spirit that's gone somewhere. That is your psychic ability. You know, like mm. the minute you, if you, if you're just hanging around, I always say this to my dad, cause he's a doctor, right? And it was always like, uh, it's like yep. Yep. Feeling all covered in our family. Uh, so he was like, Oh, how does this mumbo jumbo work? How do you know, what are you? Yeah, mumbo jumbo. I hear that so often. Yeah, and I've shown him, I was like, so anytime your dad is around, you feel him right? You know when he's around. And my dad's like, and I said, okay, so have you ever had a moment where Doogie has just dropped, dropped into your head, just out of the blue, you're doing something completely different and you just think of him? And he, yeah. And then do you feel his energy? Do you, does it feel like he's there with you? Yeah. 
well, then he is. That's, that's as simple as it is. And, you know, I, I come from the, you know, I never had this as a child. Well, I did, but then I guess I shut it down like everybody else. I think we're all psychic and we all have yes. this innate ability. And it wasn't till my 20s that it sort of reawakened. But I went on a search and, like you say, I trained in it. I actually taught myself how to use these gifts and open up to them. And I do believe that we all have it. So I believe that you are highly, highly, highly psychic, but it might be. So this is the work that I do with people is helping them to open that door. And it might be that you have a little soul contract in place where that door, maybe your higher self hasn't wanted you to open that door fully until you've done this scientific side because you've been sent on a journey. You've been sent on a search to get that proof for yourself. And that proof you know, that proof for me works in a very, uh, it's just personal proof. You know, I have enough evidence personally from my own experiences. So I don't need to kind of get, I never collect case studies or anything like that. I'm terrible with, get, you know, getting evidence from other people because in my mind I have so much of my own evidence to go on. But we all work differently. And that evidence is something that I do for the skeptics out there. We need it. We absolutely need evidence. And if you haven't got your own personal evidence, of course you're going to be like, oh, this is all mumbo jumbo. But yeah, having the curiosity to open the door because the evidence might not always come as a physical scientific thing, or it might not always come as a, like clear audience, for example, clear hearing. It's not audible, not to me. It's like my own thoughts, but it's about trusting it. Like you, when you heard the voice saying turn left, it's tr the trust that carries you forward. And the more you trust it, the more you open that door. And now, you know, I'm 41 years old and I started studying. I really threw myself into this in 2007. And when it first started, it was so subtle and it was barely there. And I was like, I'm just imagining it, but the more I trusted, and now I hear my guides chatting away to me, like, we just have conversations. Oh, I'm jealous. I got guide envy. You have <laughs> well, why don't, why don't we have another conversation? Like, we could actually do some stuff together. I want to know more about the science. I could help you open that door. This is what I kind of do with people. <laughs> Thank you. Really waking up these gifts because you absolutely have them. And in terms of, like, these things that we call, like, soul contracts, what we can do is we might have come in with something, but it might not necessarily be what you're meant to be doing going forward. You've already done it, right? You've published the book. The book is coming. You're doing the research. It's already there. So you have ticked that box. So we could do, if you want, after we've stopped recording, sorry, everyone, you don't have to do it. Teresa Chung manages to be you know, you can thank Alexandra. <laughs> session and just tweak, just check, like, is there something blocking you? because it could be a belief or a contract or something that where, because you weren't born to a family of psychics for no reason, you have come into a bloodline. And I actually feel that a lot of us have been born into specific bloodlines to gather those gifts that we need yeah. forward. So I feel like, I'm sorry, I don't want to like read you live on the camera. No, that's but I feel like you have had a, a specific, um, path to walk up till now and in terms of like it's so weird Krisha brought us in touch because 
no one, I always find no one, there's never a coincidence with people coming together. And most clients that walk into my room, even if they believe that they're so 3D, you know, Joe Bloggs normal, they inevitably will be a high level light worker that needs a door opening and reminding of who they are and what they're here to do. So you're never stuck on the one path. There's loads of different paths. And who knows? We could do some exploring if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can help me. Psychic evidence, and here's the science to back it up. That would be fantastic, Alexandra. Thank you. I'll take you off on that. Um, you know, I do feel my my role has very much been to gather evidence, and that's what my books are, and to also maybe talk to many people like me who really do believe but haven't actually had experiences yeah. to justify that belief but that yet they they're powerfully drawn to it i think that's increasing that is quite common yeah so um, many people believe that they can't have an experience yes that they, yeah it's not possible for them and whenever uh, yeah i've just seen so much evidence of people never having had an experience before walk out of my room going oh my god i had an experience so i think I mean, we, we're going to continue this conversation <laughs> So excited to thank you so much thank you so um, in terms of um your work is there anything that you you really want people to know about you or what you've been doing because you've obviously there's so many topics we can cover and i'm aware that i will talk to you for years i think we're going to have to have a second interview at some point and um, on the conversation. for me i want my people to know i'm a work in progress and i make lots of mistakes and i and i i'm very honest about that and i try and say that it's actually you get great wisdom through pain and mistakes and it's okay. A lot of people think you've always got to be right all the time. And um, I think that you learn and grow through trying. And sometimes when you try things, they don't work out. There's nothing wrong with that. You've learned and you've grown a bit more. You've got more experience, wisdom through experience. And that's what I try and teach. And that's a spiritual path. I think the definition of a spiritual person is not someone who's maybe unconditionally loving, kind and compassionate. Those are byproducts. Mm. The definition of a spiritual person for me is someone who is curious and learning all the time yeah. and never saying, I know I've got it sorted and, and is on this journey of learning. Mm. And when you approach like life that way, everything has meaning. Because even the things that you think, why did that happen? It hurt so much or it, it went wrong. It has meaning if you've learnt and evolved from it, because you will learn from every single experience and encounter. Yeah. Nothing is trivial. Learn from it and grow. And sometimes growth hurts. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Maybe we know the answers on the other side, but sometimes growth hurts. But don't think then you're a loser or you, you're not spiritual um, or you've, if you've made a mistake. And, uh, don't think that you're not spiritual. You are spiritual as long as you're growing. Mm. That's what I think. I think and you're amazing. You, 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 to me, I mean, this is obviously just our first time meeting. I feel like I've met you many times before. It's a bizarre feeling. Um, I think that it's wonderful because I do feel you bridge both worlds. You know, you've come from, uh, you know, a, a growing up in a psychic family, but you're also an academic, you know, mm. you're a writer, but you're also a researcher, you know, and you're also interested in this and hungry for more. And I, I just love it. It's like you're covering all bases in that in that search for truth. And this is what I think it's all about. This this is this makes you a like a proper um soul on the road to mastery you know like you're walking your talk and I feel so privileged to have you on my show and to talk to my viewers in this way because you're so open and candid about it and 
so honest in how oh. I feel. I, I think it, it makes me really sad that there are, um, and this is what you were just talking about, you know, seeing the blessing in the, in the lesson and the, there's always a blessing when things go wrong or when you, you come up against hardship and talking earlier about how many trolls kind of came after you. Well, isn't it, it's almost the blessing because it's propelled you to write this latest book. It was hurtful. It's hurtful, the vicious personal attacks. And, and, and really, you know, I did not realize it, but when you go online and that's with social media, you suddenly, you know, because I, I was in a bubble before, you know, behind my computer, you know, um, publisher carefully controlling what gets to me. And then suddenly I go out online and it's like, you fraud, you, this is a rubbish, you know, all these horrible things. It's all about the money. That's another classic thing. No, it isn't. Oh. <laughs> Most people in spirituality, it's, it's certainly, there are far easier ways to make money than to tell people they have a soul. Nobody, nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes either. Like, I think that um, the social media thing, people can, if you're in the public eye, if you're doing anything, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're teaching something good. I mean, you're teaching about love. I can't see what the problem is in that, you know, but whether you're teaching something. You get critics. Like I say to them now, you know, and it has really gone down since I've worked so much with scientists and I've answered back and I say, you could be right. Thank yeah. you for your opinion. Right. I, I don't, you know, so you could be right. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm right. This is just my perspective and I hope it helps and inspires people. If it doesn't, I'm not forcing it down your throat, yeah, exactly. you know, um, ever. Um, if you have this opinion that there is nothing more to this life than the material, fine if it makes you happy. But frequently, it doesn't make them happy. I think that's it. I think most of the time, those attacks come from deeply unhappy people that are looking for some yes. reject that. When you're such a light in the world, you can shine a light on people's shadow or on people's pain. And I think that that's something, it's almost like it kind of goes with the territory being a light worker and, and talking about these subjects. But I just love that you haven't let yourself change because, you know, you still come on with this open heart and this bright smile and you're still, you know, you're still being you and you're, you haven't let it push you off your perch. And I think you're such an inspiration because oh, I know as well from obviously that, online attacks probably not on the scale you've had because i ain't that popular yet <laughs> i'm sure you are i mean this channel is gonna do great you know it's 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 just starting right um and it's gonna yeah yeah it's gonna do great people want this i mean um i do think that um in a way uh, online now is almost like the the church used to be it's a place people go yeah and they are seeking inspiration and guidance and it's just a matter of, of of the word getting around and i hope loads of people come on here and 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 start interacting and talking get a real community going yeah and it, and i love asking questions i think everyone this is my big message is ask questions of everything because as teresa said there are a lot of people out there that will take advantage of you and this was my biggest lesson trusting everyone and you're my teacher and you're my thing and we are our own There's a lot of narcissism in um in the spiritual world. And that's another collaboration I've had recently, uh, an amazing lady called Melanie Tonin Evans, who talks about narcissistic personality disorder and how it actually is prevalent in the new age movement and what a trauma it is getting involved with people like that. Yeah. Um, I actually helped her uh, create a book with Watkins, which is out next month. 
Um, so there's another, I've been trying in all sorts of ways to bring this spirit. I mean, I even teamed up with the Church of Jediism, you know. The I know, I saw your, um, with Daniel Jones, your interview. He's a lovely guy. But I thought, I went to sci-fi conventions and there was so much joy there. And then I went to Mind, Body and Spirit and everybody was like, oh, was just shutting him down every, you were brilliant though. I was like, go Teresa. <laughs> fighting you like well you did it so lovingly but so firmly and then the rest they kind of lost the power of speech for a minute there when you started talking it's, but anyway, but it's not the force all i was trying to say i'm not a star i haven't actually even watched all set all the films i'm telling yeah. you that all i know is the four there's a reason why the star wars as as a captured imagination globally yeah. is because the force the force is spirit it's spirit it's us it's divine it's that's everything. all i'm trying to say i'm not a star wars fan i don't go around in a jedi robe i don't actually really play with lightsabers yeah. except occasionally but you know it's that's what i'm saying and they say this is a way to get the message of spirituality to a new audience, because I think we always preach to the converted, and that's why I did it, and made open myself up to being a laughing stock, and I, but I don't care. And actually, the NHS took note, because they, all this summer, have had a train like a Jedi scheme about trying to get people to be <laughs> healthy. And I'm thinking, they've read Become the Force. Yeah. Somebody's read it, right? That's what I was trying to do, because it's cool to be a Jedi. It's I always put it on those forms, you know, where they ask what religion you are, I always write Jedi. Exactly, free spirit spirituality and also what Judaism brings is fun yeah. I think we're lacking that in our movement I, I, I've given up going to a lot of mind body spirit conventions it is so serious and so and I think humor and somebody I would highly recommend and I absolutely adore actually who I think is teaching more by reverse psychology is JP Sears who yeah. teaches if you go if you've gone on his channel he's hilarious but he's teaching how to be spiritual in a reverse way Oh, I love you know, it. like you know, how to be ultra spiritual. He has his ultra. I'm, I'm ultra spiritual, and the ten ways to be ultra spiritual, like meditate for at least four hours. You know, <laughs> tell people how spiritual you are. He's teaching brilliantly, and he has some wonderful, wonderful YouTube videos about him visiting a guru, and this guru being so self-absorbed, and and, <laughs> and, and 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 the humor, and also how to do the perfect yoga Instagram shot. Oh, you know, he's, he's yeah. basically you've got to risk your life. You've got to be balanced on top of a rock, you know. <laughs> and then he does this sort of calming thing, and then it, it cuts off, and he's snapping at the photographer for not getting his kundalini. Oh, showing dropped. the truth behind it all. <laughs> oh no! Hang on, someone's ringing me. It's so funny. I put the phone on silent, and then the computer rings. It's like you're reachable everywhere now. Even oh, I know. I've got. To, I've actually, I've got a call at one. Is it one uh, yet? It's nearly one. But listen. Okay. And no. guess who I'm speaking to at one? Not Krisha. Yes, you are so <laughs> Hi, Krisha, if you're watching. She's checking in. She's checking oh, in. <laughs> my love, I adore her. She's uh, so gorgeous. Oh, I don't want to let you go. But listen, we'll, we'll carry on the conversation at some point. I, it's such an honour to meet you, my darling. And, I just and you. And anything I can do to help or oh. any recommendations, just let me or Lindsay know. Um, oh. Endless supply of, of amazing people, interesting people with interesting stories. Oh my god, I would love that. Amazing. That's brilliant. Because it's exactly the way I want to take the channel. Like truth serum out there. This is what we need. Truth serum, I love that. I love it. Um and just for Truth Serum channel, that oh, I like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll get you we'll get you going, girl. We'll get you. <laughs> 
Gertrude Serum channel. I'm always <laughs> coming up with titles for people like that. But just for our, our viewers, because we haven't forgotten that there's other people <laughs> going to be watching this. Um, how can people find you online? What's your website and where can we buy the www.theresachung.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-S-A Chung, C-H-E-U-N-G. Uh, dot com or um, Teresa Chung author on Facebook. That's the best really? way. I'm, I am on Instagram, but it's kind of slow getting started I'll because <laughs> Instagrams were kind of the hot young things, and I'm, I'm kind of maybe a more mature audience. I don't know, but Facebook, my Facebook page is very popular, um, and I am on Twitter again. But that's all very new. Um, that's because I'm, I'm working now with a wonderful lady called Lindsay Mayhew, who's helping me understand social media because <laughs> I'm a bit of a near sandal when it comes to social media. But I'm getting there. I'm down with the kids. Down with the kids. I'll share all your links below. <laughs> just click and find you really easily and um also to remind people that the premonition code the latest oh, yes premonitioncode.com yes. as well that you can yes the website is now live so if you want to train scientifically to be a precog like in tom cruise's minority report now is your chance because if you actually make the grade you can get we will give you a certificate that you are scientifically validated precog Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, first experiment of its kind. This has never happened before. It's, it's, a, it's a global first. <laughs> <laughs> that is just, it's groundbreaking. It's so cutting edge. I love it. And I love and you. It's girlies. Oh. I saw, I hate that term, girlies, but women. Yeah. More women doing this, right? Yeah. There's so many guys from your Deepak Chopras, your Bruce, whatever, you know, Urquhart Tolley. This yeah. is a female scientist, Julia Mossbridge, right, doing this. And, you know, and I think the more women go into science, the more we will, we, will, we will be studying the paranormal and the unseen. Whereas previously in the past, when it was all men, it was very much external. Yeah. Right? And I think the more women go into science, I think the more you will see research into consciousness. Well, we are naturally more intuitive, yeah. aren't we? And we, we are the yeah. women with the Holy Grail. You know, we, we didn't need the church, honey. We got the direct line. Anyway. Exactly, exactly. That was all male, man-made. Yeah. Man-made. Money. You cannot ignore the internal world anymore, no. which is what science does. And the more women scientists now studying, when you do an experiment, what are your feelings about it? How is that affecting it as well as the external observable result? What is not observable needs to be studied. Well, it's through feelings as well. Our feelings tell us so much. Yeah. We're all feeling beings. We all have emotions and we all have sensations. So exactly. that's sure, I think. Oh, anyway, listen, so great to talk to you, Teresa. I, I'm so blessed to have met you and thank you so, so much. Everyone else for watching the Alexandra Wenman Show. Until next time, thank you.